I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Who's got the upper hand in your life right now? And I want you to be honest, okay? Who calls the shots really? Because it probably isn't you, right? You want to think that it's you, but it, it probably isn't you. But don't worry, it's, it's, not, it's not weird. That's totally normal. And it doesn't mean that you don't have a hand in it. It just means that there is someone higher in command. Someone, something, higher in command. But who that is, hard to tell. And how do you know who that person is? It's good questions, questions that we all need to ask ourselves. So anyway, uh, nerd alert, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really into uh, a lot of the sciences, but lately I've been really fascinated with um, like cognitive psychology and specifically body language and neuroscience and heuristics, kind of all how the brain does what it does and, and communicates and everything. And it's really, really weird. And it sounds harder than it is. It's really, really basically simple stuff. Uh, and, and you guys all are really into it too, whether or not you know it, because, because really we're, we're all into this stuff. It's, it's like nonverbal communication. We're all into it. I'm here, up here just yammering away with my gestures and you guys are totally understanding what I'm saying with my hands. <laughs> I hope. Uh, that's, but that, that's true, we're all into this. Because uh, uh, whether or not we know it, we, we pick up on these things. We pick up on them all the time. And, and, and it's why you can look at a picture like this one right here, right? And you can know who's really running the show, right? You can tell what's behind that. In Russ, he trusts, right? That's who's running the show. Oh, I miss those days. Although I don't miss taking off the makeup. Uh, anyway, that's pretty easy, right? You can tell. That's, that's pretty easy, you can see. But okay, how about this one? Okay. A little bit harder, but I think you can also tell who's in charge, right? Like what's motivating that heart. Uh, it's probably money or bling. <laughs> Whatever we want to call it. Uh, how about this one? Uh-oh, teenagers. Uh-oh, this one's a little close to home for a lot of the teens that I know, right? This one, you can just look at the picture and you can see who's in charge of that guy's life. But how about this one? Ooh, unfortunate but true. Still, you can, just, you can see who's calling the shots. And I don't think it's really that guy. I think it's what's in his hands. So with a lot of people, it's, it's pretty obvious who is in control. We wear it, you can just see it in people, for better or worse. It's true, you can just see it. And this is also true of one of the most fascinating creatures on the planet, the super-Christian. The super-Christian, the elusive super-Christian. You, you do know them. Some of you are them. <laughs> Some of you are definitely them. But uh, you know them, they're like, you know, uh, I wouldn't cuss around him. He's super Christian, right? Or, or just, just be ready when you pray to go over to their house for dinner. They're all like super Christian, right? And, and, and it's, it's funny, it's, it's true. I do this all the time, did this all the time. And in reality, uh, they might not look like that. They might look a little more like this. I feel like that's the guy I see when I think of I, I used to always, oh, that guy, he's, he's super, super Christian. Well, anyway, I'm curious what that means to you. I'm curious what those traits are that kind of push somebody 
to that, that uh, label in your mind. So if you notice, everybody, there's like these surveys around you, all right? So I want you to grab those surveys. I think I got a picture one up here, and we can put it online as well, so you guys can take a second. And what I want you to do is just, I want you to check off the things that you think make somebody a super, that make them a super, elevate what you would label to super Christian. Mark all those traits that bump the image up. Uh, but then only choose the ones that you think are positive traits. I don't want this to be anything but just nice, okay? So go ahead and go, start doing that. Um, there's a lot of interesting ones up there. I just, these, are, these are random things that I think I have observed through the years, especially in my pre-Christian years, that you would see and notice in some people who you thought were the upper echelons of Christian faith who just, you know, well, they, they pray out loud. <laughs> They're definitely going to heaven. Anyway, while you're working on that, I want you guys to keep working on that. I gotta tell you, I've always found this term really weird though, because even before my faith, in those pre-Christian years, I understood Christianity to be, you know, way more of a binary decision. It was believe Jesus or don't, you know, in or out. It's just one of the two, like how you can't really be more alive or dead, you know. It's, you're one or the other, no matter, no matter what the uh, Princess Bride says about being mostly dead. doesn't happen. So I, I had that in me. I understood it that way, but... At the same time, even as I really understood Christianity as that thing, I routinely described my grandmother as super Christian to anybody who was going to meet her. Which is funny, because it was actually kind of a courtesy that I would extend to people who were gonna meet my grandma, or maybe, maybe more accurately, a warning, because I feel like people uh, like to know right before they are asked where they thought they were going to spend eternity and why. <laughs> Which was like an icebreaker question for my grandma. Hey, nice to meet you. Where is your soul going to reside for eternity? Why do you believe that? Anyway, so, so I get it. I mean, I get what we're trying to convey when we say, like, super Christian. Like, they're super Christian. But I, I think that that's, you know, it's, it's not a good term. I think maybe if you needed one, it would be like maybe super active Christian might capture uh, the idea a little bit more. Because it's not like they necessarily believe more, but they definitely can, you know, show their beliefs more. And that's, that's totally different. Anyway, okay, so as you're, as you're wrapping up here, I got a question. How many of you marked raising hands on your form? Put your hand up if you, if you marked down raising hands. Yeah, right? Because this, this, is, this is interesting. This is one of the first steps in making a super Christian. I, I, I always felt, for me, you know, putting your hands up in church or home, uh, or in prayer, qualified you as a super Christian. From, from the time I was a kid, there was always, I, I always felt that there was like, there's two groups. There's the hands up Christians, and then there was the rest of us. And I remember going to church. My mom was one of them. I remember being there and being meek little old Noah. That was never little, but round little Noah. And uh, I was sitting there, and I'd look at my mom, and she'd have her hands up in the air, and I'd go, wow, whatever that means. That's something. That's really, that's really something. But uh, each one of them, even my mom, was, a, was just different, right? They were a very different breed because they were asking for it. They are just asking for it. They were telling the world something deeply personal and heartfelt. And to me, well, that was, that was showing vulnerability 
and making themselves a target, I, I was really against it. I was an insecure kid and young adult and, well, who I am today. But I, I was very insecure for a long time and I, I avoided these things like the plague. Anything that showed vulnerability, it's terrifying. It makes you, makes you a target. And they were doing it on purpose. Yikes, that's crazy. But here's the thing, in reality, that is what all of our actions do. Every single thing that we do. What we do reveals who we are and what's in our heart. They go hand in hand. What we do reveals who we are and what's in our heart. On purpose or not, you know, obsessed fan, money-grubbing artist, escapist gamer, desperate addict, or committed Christian. And those pictures, I mean, you can just tell. They're, they're wearing themselves on their sleeves. You can see through their actions what's going on in their heart. Because actions speak louder than words. We all know that, right? We all know actions speak louder than words. They're, it's just true. Picking you up at 3 a.m. in Seattle when your car breaks down means a lot more than just saying, I got you. Love you, man. Those words are nice and everything, but boy, when you do it, just a lot more, right? It's a lot more because what we say may or may not actually be real, may not come to pass, but whatever we do, well, it instantly is real. Whatever we do has become true because it just happened. And words have more wiggle room than action does, right? Right? I mean, that's, that's just it. You can't, you can't undo something, but you can not say something a lot easier. Anyway, beyond that, when we show what is in our heart, it is a peek at what we believe, all right? That's another, I mean, this is key. We can see the beliefs in that heart that is driving that motivation, just even in those pictures, but you can see it in people really clearly. It's a, it's a peek at what we believe, where we put our faith, how we make our decisions, how we see reality, how we decide what to do. You can see that in someone instantly through what they do. And when you see that, you can see whoever or whatever is in there. And that's the one that has control. So when you see that, when you look at him, when you see Russell Wilson and that guy, you go, man, whatever Russ says, that guy will do. <laughs> He's in control. Wherever money takes the other guy, I mean, that's where he'll go. And that's interesting because you can, you can see who's in control in the heart. And that's what really, really matters because life has never, ever been about what we do. It is all about why we do it. I want you to hear that. That's the thrust of what I'm talking about here. This is, this is crazy and this is true and it can sound like a pithy thing that you can remember and let it go in one ear and out the other, but this is profound. Life has never been about what you do. It's all about why you do it, why you do life. Why are you choosing the things that you're choosing? Is it for the fun, like the Hawks fans? Is it for the money, like the rapper? Is it for the wins, like the gamer? Is it for the comfort? like the addict, or, or is it for the truth? Like a committed Christian, is it for the truth? What, what is motivating that? And here's the thing, every, every choice, every opportunity, and every event in every minute of your life is a setup to reveal the content of your heart. Every single one of them. You don't get to skip any. Every single minute is a setup to show what's in your heart through what you do. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, I just did it, I tricked you. That was a setup. I wanted to see what you would do. If I say amen, amen, some of you say amen. Some of you don't, but no matter what, you're expressing something there. That's how it works. But anyway, here's the kicker, all right? 
The size of what you do has nothing to do with it. Isn't that crazy? In fact, some of the smallest actions reveal the biggest truths about you, about who you are. You guys remember the, the poor widow? Says, uh, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. Hmm. And so he said, uh, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. What? Two, did everyone else put in one mite? Two wins the day? That seems strange. I, I, I don't get it. Well, no. Well, for all these, out of their abundance, have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. Oh, right. It's not about how much, right? It's not that. That's not how it works. The real, the real measure of any action is determined by the heart behind it. It was her heart that he could see. That was way bigger, right? It's not about how much was in your hands. It's only what was in your heart. Always, that's what it's about. All these opportunities, all these moments are setups to demonstrate what it is that's in there, who is calling the shots. And God cannot say this enough. You cannot drive this point home enough. It's throughout the entire Bible. Let me give you one more. Take this little nugget. Uh, you've, heard it, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Right. Do not do the deed. Don't do it. That's the whole idea. But, but, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Oh, man. Bummer. Doing nothing isn't enough either. That's it. It's not, it's not like you, you did the right thing or didn't. You're stuck. It's what you do, what you don't do. They both count. They're both doing the same thing. They're both, it's just the heart that's all that matters in there. So what do we do? Well, we all do what we have to do. Something. Don't know what, but we do something. You can't not do anything. You do something. Because no matter what, we cannot hide our heart. Every minute of every day, you are doing something, and it is revealing something. That's just how it goes. And that is terrifying. That scares me to my core, especially as a guy who is very insecure for much of my life, who is just always worried about being judged by others and what other people think, believe it or not. That's terrifying. I, I worry about that all the time. So we do what we all do. We try to conceal our true hearts with false actions. Oh, cover up. <laughs> Don't let them see. Oh my goodness, I'm exposed. Everybody can see who I really am. I'm a Katy Perry fan. Oh no, they know, they know. I, uh, I, better, I better buy a ticket to an Eminem concert. <laughs> That'll conceal it. No. Whatever you do, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't betray your heart. Whatever you are, be that thing. That doesn't solve anything and it creates problems that we do not have enough time to talk about today. It is, it is well dealt with in the Bible as well. That's for another Sunday, but don't. Don't lie like that. There is a much, much better way to handle this, okay? Calm down. <sighs> Calm down. And then know that every minute, you are only one baby step away from changing your life. That is true of this minute right here and the one coming up. 
you are one minute, one baby step away from changing your life. One teeny tiny action can mean huge, big things for who controls your heart. Because here is the crazy part, okay? This works both ways. What we do can also affect why we do it, okay? Now, I've had uh, a lot of conversations lately with, uh, with a guy in the church. Um, we've talked about this. He's also kind of a, a, a nerd about some of the sciences with me. And we've gone back and forth. And so it's forced me to really kind of get into a lot, reading some studies and, and arguments back and forth and the history of it and everything and what's going on um, in, in the world of cognitive psychology, et cetera. And, and bottom line is I had to come to this, like, I need to be able to say this, and it's true, it's true. It is substantiated, well-documented throughout all of uh, the science that we have and all the tests that we've run, that you can affect your, you know, your, your architecture, your, your brain, your, your feelings, who you are by what you do. And we all know that. I think I said first service, it's like the Snickers commercials. <laughs> when you're hungry, you're not you, right? My wife. But like when you eat something sometimes, you just change that, change that chemistry. And you know, just by the act of doing that, something physical can change who you are. And so there's interesting things like the act of smiling makes you a little happier. Have you heard that? It's a weird thing, but just smiling makes you actually happier. Some people take it too far. I've seen some, there's like a YouTube channel of a guy who smiles at a camera for five hours a day. It's weird, but yeah, because it, it works. It has some effect on you. And also better posture actually makes you a little bit more courageous, makes you feel a little bit more confident. Good posture. That's cool, that's awesome. And here's an interesting one. There's a, a study that I found that says, active worship will make you a nicer, more forgiving and trustful person. Ain't that something? That is crazy. It's like God knew it or something. But yeah, that stuff can change who you are, who, what your heart is feeling, who, what's going on in there. So it really sounds like uh, fake it till you make it, right? That sounds like, like what we should be doing then, right? Fake it till you make it. I don't like that. I was kind of, I, I was definitely uh, raised with that a little bit here and there. It was a, you know, kind of to mean just put your head down and grind through, get it done, do it. Fake it until you make it, you'll, you'll get there, it'll work out somehow. But I don't, I don't like that because that doesn't capture the right heart. Because the good stuff, right? The good stuff ain't fake. The stuff that, that's, that's in you, it's, 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 it's there already. It's just dormant, right? It's not fake, it's real, it's there. It's just dormant and it needs a helping hand, something to kickstart it. You know, his spirit is already in you. And so let's, let's change it. Let's say imitate to activate, right? Imitate to activate, I like that. It's in you, you just gotta get it going, right? And we know that imitating is fine, that's good. That's like how you practice doing anything. You see somebody you wanna be and you just go after it every day. Like dunking a basketball or something. But anyway, you, whatever it is, you imitate it. You know, when we see that in the Bible too, be imitators of Christ. Paul says, imitate me. I mean, we have these, like it's a good thing to imitate something, but it's just to activate what's already in you. Okay. Well, that brings me back to hands, right? Logical. Hands, they say a lot. They say an awful lot. They are one of the most expressive instruments of body language, right? They are. Look, if you've, so far, I mean, half of the sermon is just me, what I'm flapping out here. You know, that's it. That's it. It's so, they're so expressive. They communicate so much. And God knows it because God made them, right? And Christians know it because they listen to God. 
And God cannot stop talking about them. They are all over the Bible. Think of uh, you know, the work of your hands and what that represents and the, and the hand of the Lord and what that represents and laying hands on people. I mean, hands, hands, hands. They are all over the place. And they're, they're fairly uh, clearly symbolic, like I just even in our daily lives and the way that we use them in our speech and everything. Hands, they just, they're a symbol of what we do, right? Give me a hand. You know, I need a helping hand, uh, you know, a deck hand, you know. I need a hired hand. It's what doing. I need something to, somebody to help me do. And so because these are symbols of what we do, they are a great revealer of our heart as well. Because remember, what we do reveals that heart. And so heart and hands, they're, they're in tandem. They go really well together. And they can proudly echo and enhance the faith of our hearts. This guy, look, look at me, I'm all clean. Look, look at him, look at my hands, I'm showing you something, right? And they can just proclaim it proudly or they can shamefully quiet and conceal. Mm-hmm. The fear in our heart, don't, don't look at me. I didn't do anything. My hands aren't even here. How could I? <laughs> and for a long time, for a long time in my life, I knew that there, there was the faith of a super Christian somewhere in me, right? I felt the fear a lot, but I, I knew that there was the faith in me somewhere, right? Just dormant. But I couldn't shake the fear that was, that was already in control. That was who was already running the show in my heart. Again, the fear of man, the fear of everything, this world. I needed to imitate, to activate. I, well, I needed to put my hands up at church. <laughs> I did. I knew it. I needed to put my hands up at church. I, I, I was going to imitate it. And that little journey changed me forever. It is such a funny story, such a small thing. Here's what I learned. Near as I can tell, uh, Christians put their hands up for the same reason that anybody else does, right? It's communication. Like I said, it's as we talk with our hands, and so they're excellent communicators. Christians know that. It's not any different. They put them up to communicate something. And usually, on either side of the fence, we put our hands up for a few reasons. I'm going to say, generally, it can put them in three categories. To show surrender. Oh, you got me. You know, stick them up. I got nothing in my hands. Don't worry about me. Ooh, you know, surrender. Support, like, let me give you a boost. Let me help you. Or, or, you know, call on me. I'd love to help you out. I can volunteer. You know, support. I'm your guy. Or celebration. Yes! Right? Celebration. You pump them up in the air and say, victory. That's how it works. And it works on both sides of the fence. just the same. But, but for my super Christian purposes, I needed to make sure the motives of my heart were rooted in faith and not Fear. That is hard. That is a hard like, self-check to run, that, the, that my heart was rooted in faith and not fear, because it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of nuanced sometimes. And, uh, and, and trying to diagnose that, it actually taught me a lot. Here's how I went through it. I said, okay, how, how do I put my hands up to surrender, you know, the right way? Well, well, we can stick them up out of fear and show the world that, that we don't have any weapons, and we can ask for mercy, right? Uh, that, or we can put our hands up and surrender in faith, declaring the war is already over. And we're ready to join the winning team. You, you guys hear this is all over? I know you won. I, I see it. I'm on your side. That's it. Surrender. 
I mean, that, that's it. And as a matter of fact, actually, Paul, listen to what Paul says in Colossians. Set your mind on things above and not things on the earth. For you died. What? Past tense. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. The battle's already over. And faithful surrender means emptying your hands and dropping your defenses so you can be ready to receive your new and better life. That's what we're doing when we surrender. That's what it means. That's a faithful heart. Okay, so how do I put my hands up to support? All right, how do I put my hands? Well, you can, you can raise them to build and encourage others out of fear, right, with that fearful heart, working to improve our image. Look at me. Do you know how many hours I volunteered this month? I'm pretty great, yes. You can do that. You can lift and improve. You can support and improve your image for our purposes. Or you can lift your hands to support in faith, the faithful heart, presenting ourselves as helping hands to improve the lives of others for God's purposes, not our own. And Paul helps us understand this again, too, in Philippians. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only, not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. That away. Faithful support means lifting with your hands to grow the good in and around you to save the world, not yourself. That's why we do it. Man, it's, it's funny because it seems like that's simple and easy, but so often we get caught up in how we're looking while we're serving. It's just, it's funny. It's crazy. I, every day I struggle with it. Anyway, okay, well now, lastly, how do I put my hands up to celebrate? How do I put them up to celebrate? Well, we can throw them in the air and wave them like we just don't care a couple of different ways. We can, we can do it out of fear. Doing our best to, to look strong. Yeah. <laughs> Looking strong and confident to others, uh, convincing ourselves that we have overcome something real big. Yeah, I'm number one. Way to go, me. <laughs> or you can throw your hands up to celebrate in faith. Being strong. Not looking strong, being strong in our trust that God fights for us and he never loses. I don't know how to break it to you. You guys haven't really won anything. We haven't done a whole lot. We don't do really anything. God does stuff and we grab on. That's how it works. So every time we do this and it's not with that in mind that God's winning those battles, trouble. Ain't that right, John? Well, yeah, John says, so. Well, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Your faith. There you go. That's it. Faithful celebration means reaching your hands up to hold his hand. And then, and then following the Father as your strength in this world. It's him. It's his strength. You got nothing. He's got it all. Following him as your strength in this world. Okay, wow. So no wonder this was so intimidating. It was a little bit more, it was a little deeper than I thought, right? I just wanted to, I just wanted to put my hand up at church. That's all I wanted to do. But I, I was like, I, I need to know what I'm saying and how I'm saying it and how to say it the right way. And so there we go. There I was. I was scared. But you know what? I was armed and ready. <clears throat> I was armed and ready. 
<laughs> that groan was just right. Oh boy. I was, I was, I was armed and ready. I had gone through this whole process and I was armed and ready and it was time. It was time. I remember when it happened. I think I was volunteering at an early youth retreat. It might even be the first youth retreat or camp that I went to. And the room was having a moment. I don't know if you guys have been to those, but it was like, hands were up everywhere. Hands were up everywhere and heads were down. This was my time. Perfect. From the back of the room, back of the room, I quietly apologized to God for my awkwardness. I reminded him how much I didn't want to do this. And then I told him he better be watching because this was about to happen. And I stood there and then, hand up, head down. Fast as I could quickly. Hand up, head down. Is it over yet? Don't look around. This is just between the two of us. And I couldn't relax. I just kept thinking about what I was doing. Oh, it was so weird. It was so weird. But then, after just kind of stewing in that weirdness, for a little while, it changed. And it clicked. As if God himself said, yeah. Letting go does feel kind of weird after holding so tight for so long, huh? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think that might be it. And right then, a little teeny corner of my heart changed. Because I did it. I did it. It happened. It was in the past. And it felt good. You know, I kind of got, got over it. It did something to me. I, I was feeling pretty good. You know, was I a super Christian? Did that just happen? <laughs> Is that who I am now? That's not the point. Who cares? That's not what it's about. God does not have a list of things that you need to do. He has a list of things that you need to know for a faith that you need to have. That's how it works. Again, it's never been about what you're doing. It's about why you're doing it. And each of these things is just an opportunity for that. You can learn all the things that you need to know for that faith doing almost anything every day. All you got to do, you just got to let him lead in your heart through faith and not in that fear. And that's not super Christian. That's just regular old Christian. I think that's a good, that should be our poster boy. Regular Christian. That's about what we look like most of the time. So, so what I want you to, so, so pick up that list of super Christian traits and I want you to treat it as a roadmap, okay? Which of these did you check off because you've seen it in others but not in yourself? Now again, none of these are inherently good or bad, but these are opportunities. These are things that you can do. These are things that some people do. These are things that, that, that might communicate that a little better, that might be a little bit of, of a practice that you can do to urge yourself toward the heart that you want. But they vary from person to person, so don't feel beholden to any one of them. But one of them, at least on there, you checked it off because you've seen it in others and you've never had the courage to do it. You've never had the heart to do it. Maybe you've never spoken praise out loud. That's another weird one for some of us, right? Oof, maybe you've never prayed with somebody and touched them, you know, actually had that moment. Maybe you've never volunteered, like really kind of stepped into the church in, in a more substantial way. Every single one of those things is like putting up your hand. It's a crazy thing. Well, whatever that is, that's your goal this week. All right? Take a tiny step with a faithful heart and then dare God to change your life because he will. 
That's it. He's asking. He's begging you. Dare me. Invite me. See what I'll do. Pick one of those and try and meet him by letting him have the reins in that. And he will change your life. It is so true. But if you are one of those people you think you're not ready, it's not for you. If you don't think you're ready, don't worry. It is a very, very short, short, teeny, tiny walk from fear to faith. It's not as far as you think. You want to see? Put your hands up. Put your hand up. Okay? Boom. That's the fourth time that you've done it in this message. And it's not even weird now, right? You've already gotten over it. Okay? Keep it up. I want you to keep it up here. Go two. Go crazy. Put a foot up in the air. I don't know. Go crazy, though. Keep, <laughs> do that. Here's, it, it's not weird now. But if you want to check your heart for that faith, keep your hands up right now to surrender, support, and celebrate with a perfect, purposeful power who has the whole world in his hands. Look at that. Room full of super Christians. Look at that. All those hands. Okay, you can put them down now. See how easy that was? You just need a little prompting. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> I'm a little winded. I wish that wasn't true. But... It can, it's, it's a simple thing. It doesn't take a whole lot. It's that easy. And God created a world filled, absolutely brimming over with awkward feelings and difficult decisions so every little thing you do matters. This place is not easy. He made it weird on purpose so that you had to make these difficult decisions. And every little thing you do reveals, communicates, and strengthens who you are. And every little thing drives you toward wanting to put goodness and love in your heart. He tricked us. That's how it works. He made it weird and he said, pick something and do something. And as you do, you start to realize the things that, that work and the ones that don't. And man, you'll end up choosing the good stuff if you just start walking in any direction. And today, this day right here, you have a ton of opportunities to let go of whatever it is that's holding you back and reach out for something real and meaningful. A deeper relationship with the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe. This is one of those things, again, is I think we have a little bit of a, a humdrum feeling sometimes about coming to church and just kind of checking it off or being here or being tired. I'm tired, guys. But like, as soon as I realize what I'm doing here, it's like energy just pops right back up because this is an amazing place. This is an incredible opportunity because we're here not in some fake way, in a completely real way to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. That's a big deal. That's, that's incredible, as a matter of fact. And then what's so funny about it is it is so casual. All you got to do is wear your heart on your sleeve and flush out the fear in your heart. Replace it with faith. And then put your hands up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and thank you for being a hands-on parent who loves us enough to push us to grow without ever leaving our side. Holy Spirit, help us, to, help us to conquer our fear so that we may be bold enough to take the small steps that are part of your big plan. And Lord Jesus, we hand over the control of our heart to you and, and prepare to follow in faith wherever you lead us next. And to that, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? 
If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you. Thank you.